Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Chicks in Charge Automotive Edition podcast. My name is Shasta, and this is... I am Jess, and we're so excited to have Rory Davila with us today. Welcome, Rory. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're awesome. We are awesome today. We are so excited to have you on the show. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I think we almost went, what, the episode length and us preparing for the show. So... Yeah. That got me pretty hyped up to uh, to jump on. And I mean, um, it's funny. I was having a conversation with uh, somebody we both know, Tony Lucas, earlier today. And, uh, you know, we don't I personally don't prepare for a lot of these things because when you're passionate about it, you know, and yep. you're living your truth, it's it's easy. <laughs> so these things to me, they come natural. I love it. The topic we got lined up today, man, I could talk for days on. So I'm excited to jump on here and uh not only to support you guys, because I'm so glad you guys jumped out and started to do this. I think it needs to happen more often, and you guys are kicking some butt. You've got some great guests lined up. Um, so I'm honored to be on here. And then the topic we're going to cover, man, I couldn't be even more excited. Thank you so much. We appreciate your support. And it's it's been so much fun. Honestly, yeah. um, you know, the we've, we've tried a couple of different formats and um, going in with a whole like script prepared and even it doesn't going in um, off the fly, nothing prepared. And honestly, I, I like it exactly what you just said, you know, kind of go in not really fully prepared and just let everything flow because I think that's the most genuine form of conversation and, um, you know, what people want to hear is, you know, just let it be a conversation, let it be us, you know, feeding off of each other. And, you know, let's go from there. I agree. So, so Roy, give us, um, give us and everybody else watching today, like, tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, uh, what you do, and just give us a quick synopsis. Tell us about the wolf. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I've been in automotive for almost two decades now. I feel older saying that, you know, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's been, I think, 15 going on 16 years. Uh, I started as a salesperson, worked my way up. I had, I was fortunate um, I worked in a volume store. I made it from sales to management in less than a year. You know, I think it was right at that 11, 12 months. Uh, but I had an act for training. Um, I became quickly the guy on the floor that would bring the green peas under my wing and show them and not charge them for half deals, you know, um, that type of deal. Uh, it, it's not, I, coaching's been in my blood, I mean, since I was younger, you know. I played sports and I was always captain or this or that, you know. I, I enjoy I enjoy giving back as much as I can. So I was on the retail side for, for a good while. Um, I did everything from selling cars to every position in the store on the variable side uh, and, and even, you know, platformed for a little while. Uh, but I, a couple of years ago, I had this transition where I always wanted to see my name on a building, right? Like I wanted to have Davila Motors or whatever, what, you know, however we called it. Um, and that passion kind of went away. Uh, I started to do Wolfpack Mastermind as a free service for managers that weren't getting the help in their store, that weren't getting a lot of development. And I found a passion that kind of took me in another direction. You know, uh, quickly I found out, you know, uh, the grind in the store. I, I, my hat's off to everybody that does it. I did it for a long time. Didn't take a vacation for like eight years. You know, the the bell to bell, ding to dong. You're a difference maker, game changer. You got to be in the store. But uh, it kind of ran rampant for me. And and once I got into the coaching side of it, I found even an even bigger passion. So for the past year or so, I've been on the coaching side and, and helping develop leadership managers, a little bit of sales training in the mix, but I, I, I tend to focus more with the, the leadership group, the management group. I'm a huge believer that 
you see so many sales trainers go out there and make a difference with the sales team. They never get the managers involved. You teach these salespeople a bunch of new tricks, but the manager's not tuned in and those tricks and, and stuff are, are quickly forgotten the first deal they work with that manager, right? Exactly. So um, real quick, and I'll, 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 I'll tell this story and then kick it back to you guys, but Wolfpack, the wolf, all of it where it got started, I was a young manager and I worked with one of my mentors on a used car desk and we were selling about, the, the store traditionally sold about 30, 40 used cars and we quickly got it up to 100 cars, 110. We did it in like the first 90 days or so, right? Um, and I would desk probably two thirds of the deals that came through and he would do the other, he was, he was the, 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 the seasoned guy and I was the new and up and coming guy. But I mean, I would stand there, grab every deal I could, uh, take every turn I could just get involved And this one veteran salesperson looked at us and, you know, this guy's name was Leo and that was his astrology sign. And in the morning he would grab his phone and he'd go, Leo's are aggressive. They're natural born leaders, you know, and he'd read through it. And the sales guy looks at him one day and says, if you're a wolf or if you're a lion, this guy's a wolf, right? And you can tell Leo sits there and we finish the deal, starts to buy. He goes, what do you mean by that, man? A lion's king of the jungle, right? A lion will kill a wolf. It's bigger. It's this, it's that. And, and uh, he looks at him, he goes, a lion will eat until it's done. It's full. It's had its share. Then it'll leave the scraps for the pack, right? Or the hyenas, whoever else. He said, a wolf will eat until there's nothing left on that bone. He goes, so you're a lion. When you're full, you leave everything else. And the wolf next to you will take every bit that he can get, right? So it kind of stuck. My sales guy started calling me that. All of a sudden, I had the nickname. I would walk into another store. People knew, hey, the, the moniker kind of stuck. I love it. This was long before the Wolf of Wall Street or anything else like that. Um, when I try to tell people about the brand and who I am and what I do, it's in that sense. It's not in so much like a, I'm going to – tear somebody's head off. It's more, you know, hey, I'm trying to teach other people how to have that limit, limitless hunger to be better, right? Whatever your why is, whatever your purpose is, I'm going to help you tap into that and help you be the best version of you that you can be. Exactly. Uh, my, my good friend, I'll, I'll reference Tony again, but my good friends, you know, the most important thing you can give a person is a job and a meal that rings so true with me. Yes. Because I, I've always told people like, why teach, why give a man a fish when you can teach him to fish, right? Exactly. Like that to me is the most important thing you can do. So my goal is to team up with anybody I can, leadership, managers, sales pros, BDC, finance, service, it doesn't matter. I'm going to help you unlock your true leadership potential and be the best you can be and hope that you engage and want to do that with your people, right? So that's where the wolf comes from. That's where the, 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 the name, the brand and everything. And I hope that, uh, I'm living true and, and serving my purpose. I love that story so much. Yes, it's so much. Um, and it, and you said something in there, and I, I didn't want to stop you, um, but you said something about training leaders and managers. Mm -hmm. And it's so important that you separate the two because oftentimes people think those are automatically the same thing. And, and you and I and Jessica, and I, I've seen Robin in the comments, and I'm sure Tony, um, also knows, and may, maybe many of the people watching also know, those are very different things. A leader and a manager are not the same things. The tasks are different. The mindset is different. The drive is different. So what would you say um, your definition difference is between a leader and a manager? 
So a leader, and, and I think you can break it down to one simple philosophy, right? Like a leader's purpose in life is to create other leaders, right? A leader's purpose in life is to make an impact, make a difference. And I think they're driven by different things. And, and we kind of touched this a little bit. Um, I'm a huge, like if you see me with your teams, I'm going to preach about purpose until I'm blue in the face, right? A leader knows how to give people purpose and purpose drives people beyond the normal, right? Like a manager is going to go in and manage things. They manage situations. They manage, you know, uh, a process. They manage policy. They man and th those, that's a different thing. That's somebody that's coming in, doesn't have purpose. You know, I need to cash a check. I'm going to work my, my nine to eight or whatever my hours are. And I'm going to get out of here. And when I'm gone, I'm gone. I'm unplugged. I'm not doing anything. A leader has more purpose than that, right? And they want to make a bigger impact um, to the point to where my one of my biggest recommendations for dealerships out there is quit calling your managers, managers, start calling them leaders, right? Like it's not an alliance. If, think about who you are and what you want to do. If you're a store that wants to go out there and have a healthy per copy, you're not really worried about market share. You're just worried about getting your, your piece of the pie. You can hire a bunch of managers and be okay with that. But if you're somebody that wants to go out there and drive market share and make an impact and and you look at it as, hey, I'm helping people in my community, not only by employing them, but I'm also helping them by giving them transportation, giving them an amazing experience and a fun place to come buy a car. Then you need leaders. Right. You need people that are purpose driven. that can go out there and preach that to your 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 employees and move them in that direction. So I think the biggest thing is leaders are more worried about developing other leaders versus how much money can I make? What position? What's my rank? What's my title? It's, you know, you've heard it before. People come in and say, call me the janitor as long as I can come in here and make a difference, right? right. Purpose drives a lot. Exactly. So do you think um, that, that a dealership or any business for that matter could have um, a staff full of of just leaders or that you need a mix of leaders and managers or that you could have a staff of just managers? It, 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 it. All of it, all of the above, right? All of the above. Once again, it depends on where you're going. And I think that's where a lot of, of dealerships miss the boat. They come in and they say, we want to sell 100 cars or we want to sell 200 cars. And that's where it ends, right? So we come in and we talk about goals and we, okay, how are we going to get to the 200? Well, Timmy's got to sell 10 and Jimmy's got to sell 25 and, you know, so on and so forth. And, and that's where the conversation ends. If that's your prerogative, then you can get away with a store full of managers if you got maybe one or two leaders in the mix. But once again, if you're looking to make an impact, right, if you're looking to make a difference and you're passionate about this business, you can have a staff full of leaders. It's all about how you do business, what your messaging is, what your branding is. I think that we missed the boat on the branding side of it because we worry too much about customer acquisitions and not so much about the, the talent pool or our employee side of it, right? Like you don't understand that the branding that you do with social media, with, with anything that has your company's logo attached to it, it speaks to more than just one avenue, right? You're talking to more than just customers. Mm -hmm. You're also talking to employees, potential employees, talented individuals in your market. Uh, you guys seen it, I've seen it. There's people that will move across country to work for a dealership, right? Because they they're, they're, they love the vision. They're in, they're, they're in line with it. So 
if you're that dealer that wants to make a difference and make an impact, you can you, you can attract a bunch of leaders and you're going to have a staff of leaders. There's one store that I can think of off the top of my head. It's Beaver Toyota, right? Yep. Think about Patrick and his team out there. I know countless individuals that would quit their job right now to go do that and go work with them because of the vision, you know, everything that they're going towards. Same with Bozart. Bozart's doing some amazing things. I can count a million people that if I call them right now, I say, hey, Bozart will take you. They'll pick up and they'll drive cross country to go have an opportunity to go work for a, a system like that, right? Um, when I, I like to make analogies with sports. You look at a, a good team and a great team. A good team can have some winning streaks. A great team's dominant. <laughs> the Chiefs, I see it. Hey, I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> a good team can have some winning streaks. A great team's dominant. And the difference is one can sustain excellence and the other one only lives in it every once in a while, right? And so it's it's those teams that attract those leaders that can live in dominance. You know, it's, it's, it's a top-down mentality. So to answer your question, I think all of the above. You can have a mix of just managers. You can have managers and leaders. Or you can be a store that just attracts nothing but leadership, quality people. Uh, it all depends on your mission, where you're going, how you talk about it, you know, and how passionate you are about it. <laughs> we, we, I nailed it the exact yeah. same time knowing that we were going to both say something. I think that – we, we probably both had a very similar thought. Um, I don't know. I, we, we do that. But um, I think for us personally here, we, we've seen, um, especially recently, that the most important part of that also is that it has to be consistent and that it can never stop. Mm. Um, I think that we, so here in, in our company, like in our BDC, there's times where we will get, you know, an influx of business all at once. And so you get busy like, okay, we've got to work on this store and this store and this store and this store and hire these people and do this thing. And so you can forget to remember to work on the leadership things or remember to invest in your leaders or keep growing your leaders and doing those things. And the second that you stop is the second that you stop moving forward. Mm. Absolutely. Agree. Well, agree. And you said something, Roy, you said, you know, dealerships are not only branding to the consumer anymore. They also have to be branding to their employees. And so I focus a lot on our social media marketing stuff. And I think that the one thing that I see all of the time is that dealerships are struggling to portray their culture on social media. Yes. And I'm and, and in my head, I'm just I don't understand why. Why would you not want to portray your culture on social media? Not only are you wanting to look enticing to potential employees or future employees, but but also your customers do care who they do business with and people do business with people regardless of what the company is. Well, well and, especially, especially in a town where, where, okay, so you're in, well, you're with Casa who has stores in um, El Paso. So El Paso is a large city. Um, and I know that you're in the New Mexico stores, but I want to use El Paso because of how large of a city it is. And so I know that there's um, multiple different franchise stores there and there's multiple competing franchise stores there. So why would I shop at Casa when I know that there's probably four other Kia stores within a five mile radius? Hmm. Why would I shop at Casa when I know that there's four other Nissan stores within a five mile radius? So that's what I need to know when I'm looking at your guys' social media, when I'm looking at your um, website, when I'm um, speaking to you on the phone, when I'm on your, when I'm on anything that has to do with Casa, or any dealership for that matter. I'm just speaking, you know, because you're yeah. at, because you're at Casa. Um, so that's what anything that your dealership, your employees, anything like that, 
needs to stay out there. And, but that has to come from the top down. That's what that leadership needs to, needs to have all the way down is that you're constantly representing and in the, in the community, it always has to say, why are we different than everybody else out there? It's, it's one of the things that I tell my dealers when I, when I onboard with them, right? And I say this, I used to tell this when I was on the retail side too, right? Like if, if I jumped on a store and, and I was going to take over a sales department or whatever it was or a store entirely, um, one of the things that I pride myself in is, and, you know, we're, I'll take the Pepsi challenge with anybody, right? And I don't know if you remember the old school Pepsi challenge, but mm-hmm. meaning shop me and shop my competitors openly because the service you're going to get from us is going to be night and day different, right? I've always been of the mindset that and, and, you know, Brian Kramer said this a long time ago. I can't remember what digital dealer it was. They had him in the corner, you know, shouting into a microphone while everybody's walking around. But it's true. If your advertising is solely based around uh, lease specials or $10,000 off or no money down or, or these ridiculous price point deals, right, and you only have one in stock that you're going to sell, you're creating friction before the customer ever shows up into your store, right? So... It, as a as a consumer, my gloves are up already, right? I know walking in asking for that lease special, the chances of me getting it without some friction, slim to none. If I'm a potential employee, if I'm sitting at ABC Motors down the road and I see your social media is blasted with that, and that's all your people are throwing out there, I might not want to consider doing, you know, going to work for you because I'm gonna deal with the same BS I'm dealing with already, right? The devil I know is better than the devil I don't. So exactly. I, I'll, I'll deal with this over that. But if your branding and your messaging is geared around transparency, experience, and convenience, that is something the market's not taking a hold of just yet, right? So that makes you a different type of individual, a different type of dealership, a different type of store. So I can give my consumers a different process. And I can also go after talented individuals that don't want to go through that rigmarole. I'm not, we don't talk about that here, right? And then you get the testimonials to jump on top of it. So it's not just coming from you, it's coming from your consumers. So you're validating what we're talking about. But the issue that you have, as we peel off the layers of the onion, there's a lot of dealers right now that are jumping into this digital retailing world, right? This online experience, and they're talking about it. And they're saying, hey, we make it easy, it's fast, it's convenient, buy from home, all this good stuff. But the department's in the store, not in line, right? You've got a BDC department that's still getting paid on set and show. But you're talking about making it easy and doing things from home. They go on the website, they call the dealership, and the first person they talk to says what? When can you show up, mm-hmm. right? When, what's your schedule look like? When's a good time for you to get here? Now, all that marketing you just did, you got friction, right? Same thing, we're creating friction. So, And then you look at a sales department. And especially in the market we're in right now, if you still have a sales department that's paid purely off gross profit, that is not in line with the message that we're trying to push out there, right? Like, I want market share. I want volume. And yes, gross can come with it with a good process and, and, and convenience and, and taking care of your customer. Every statistic you look at when you embrace the online retailing strategies, your per copy does not go down. It stays the same or goes up because of the convenience you're offering your customers and a different way that you're approaching them, Right. But if your pay plans are not in line with the messaging that you're putting out there, you're just going to create confusion. You're going to create friction. And all the work you're doing to separate yourself from the pack, all it takes is one bad experience. That customer to jump on social and give you a bad review, and you're lying, right? 
So, I mean, there's so many different layers to this conversation we're having. Yes. In my opinion, it starts with the leadership. It starts with your your dealer principal, your general manager, your GSM, your directors, whatever it is. You got to make sure that you're thinking about, okay, where am I going? Where do I want to go? What is the message we're going to put out there? Now, are my departments in line with that from the way that I pay them to the way that we bonus them to the conversations we're having to the way our process is set up, right? So, you know, um, you can make an impact. Social media is strong. It's great. But make sure you're not just talking to talk, that you can back it up. You can make the walk because I promise you, if I get to work with a store in your PMA and we start moving some things around, we're going to back it up, right? And we're going to take that Pepsi challenge. And I'm almost going to invite you to say, hey, go try ABC Motors because they're not going to give you the same experience we are. I told you guys this the last time. We're moving to where we're not asking for appointments anymore, right? Like I don't want my BDCs asking for appointments. I don't want them asking what is your what does your day look like? What's your schedule look like? I want them asking where are you at in the process because these are our next steps. We can come to you. You can come to us or we can go virtual. We're moving people down a funnel, right? And we're making it very easy. And I promise you that first conversation they have with my competitor doesn't sound the same. So you can make an impact. You can make a splash. You can steal more. You can do all that. We we can switch it up a little bit, right? So sorry, I I got on my soapbox. No, no, we like soapbox. (laughs) Yeah, if if you've listened to any of the episodes of the podcast, I have a bad tendency to do that myself. She does. So, so you've worked with several different stores. Um, You've gone in, you've trained several different um, demographics, you know, in several, in several different areas. What do you think the most common leadership fail that you see is inside of car dealerships? Uh, That's an easy one. Not having a clear, precise vision, right? Role clarity. I think that's so important. Not having a clear, precise vision and role clarity. Who's responsible for what, who does what, where do my priorities lay? I think that there's too much wasted time in certain areas because you have too many hands in there, right? When you can streamline things. And I believe that if you're a sales facing person, if you're on the variable side and you're a manager or a leader, your job is to groom salespeople, generate sales, make sure you have a good bench stacked up, right? So I need to know who's in charge of what. I need to know a plan of attack and I need to roll clarity. I need to know, okay, you're my new car manager. This is the top things I need you in line with, right? Uh-huh. Uh, the toughest part about our business is time management for anybody from salespeople to managers. So with role clarity, you can tighten up the time management side of it. And I told you guys this, if you can tell if I've had an impact with a store, if you walk in and they say the word quarter times, right? That's one of my staples of, 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 of leadership and accountability that I put into place. We are going to ensure that we're, we're setting our teams up for success, right? So role clarity, who's in charge of that? Who does our quarter times? Who does the ordering? Who's in charge of going into the recon department or rapid recon, whatever we have, and improving tickets, right? Making sure that everybody knows their role, their position, where they play so that we can maximize the, the time that we have spent to generate sales. Or if you're in the fixed side, you know, service vehicles, it's all about how efficient you can make this thing turn. So I think that role clarity uh, and, 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 you know, knowing who's where, who's doing what, that, that's the number one thing that's, that, that I see is missing in stores, right? You walk in and you say, okay, who approves tickets here? Five people raise their hand. Yep. We call it, we call it air traffic control around here. Yeah. Uh, because, well, and, and think, I mean, it's um, similar to a dealership around here. So, so with the virtual BDC, we have, um, you know, agents in the same room dialing for multiple different dealerships and multiple different time zones. So like while we start at 7am because we have to serve Eastern time stores, um, you know, then we have, 
agents who start at 8 a.m. for central time stores and then, you know, 9 a.m. for mountain, so on and so forth. And so making sure that somebody is watching at all times to make sure all of the things that are supposed to happen at the time that they're supposed to happen and that all of the dials are happening when they're supposed to happen, all the texts are happening when they're supposed to happen. It is literally air traffic control. And if one person is not where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there, so many things can go wrong. Well, yeah. And, and it's, it's especially on the sell side, right? They call it variable for a reason. It's changing all the time. You can't predict a lot of what's going to happen. So, I mean, if, I, I wear this on my wrist every day. You'll see some of my closest buddies, you know, Archie Moyer, Colby Joyner. Every, they've got this on there. It says control your controllables, mm-hmm. right? And in a game of variable metrics, the only way that you can successfully say, this is how I plan to get to this number is by controlling what you can control. I can't control the type of credit that's going to walk in, right? I can't control the negative equity situation that's going to walk in. Hell, sometimes I can't even control how many times that door's going to open or the phone's going to ring. But yep. what I can control is the sales activities that I can output and then the skill set that my people have when interacting with these customers at any of those avenues, right? So I spend my time making sure that I'm tuned into those. Exactly. Uh, I think that reviewing your work is so important. A lot of dealers don't do that, right? Like I'm not talking about just a traditional save a deal. Yes, you need to understand follow-up's important and the deals that we miss, we got to jump on. And a lot of dealers miss the boat there right now. But I also want to review the deals that we did because I want to know where, where, I mean, as a GM and a GSM, a lot of my time was spent. I made sure I dedicated a certain amount of time. Deals did not get turned into the back office until I, I looked at them. And I needed to turn them in in a timely manner so I could get my people paid. But at the same time, I'm looking at how many pencils were worked. I'm looking at the appraisal. I'm looking at the, the the fact finding sheet that I have in there. I'm looking at everything so that I can see where our areas of opportunity are. I'm always looking at where we can grow, right? You can always fine tune this thing. So that was one of the down, I, I say my biggest downfall as a leader in the store, my two least favorite words to say were good job, right? Which can be challenging sometimes because you got to celebrate your wins, mm-hmm. but I'm more concerned about how much can I grow and how much further can we get, right? Yes. So I had to remind myself, Timer in the phone, celebrate your win, Roy. Like celebrate with your team where you can, but don't let rest turn into a sit-in state, right? Like it's so important to keep turning. So the reviewing of the car deals, the one-on-ones with your people, one-on-ones with your managers, one-on-ones with everybody in the department to make sure that, and constructive ones, not just, hey, what do you guys set up for today? Awesome, good job, fist bump, right? No, hey, I want you to grow from 12 to 15 and this is how you're gonna do it. Right. I need you to get more referrals, more of this, whatever the case is. I think that's a that's a huge area of opportunity, too. I think um, you said something there that uh, absolutely hit home with me, because I think that on that you and I are so similar. The um, the making sure to celebrate the small wins, because you're always looking to to just be better and be better and be better. And I feel that so much in my soul that I'm always like, okay, that that was that was good, but we can be better. Okay, that was good, but we can be better like it. And it's got to be so hard sometimes for people who work for me because it's almost got to feel like, oh, my God, is she ever going to be proud of me? And mm-hmm. I I feel like I do celebrate with the teams or with the team a lot of times, um, but I'm always looking for the next step. I'm always looking for the next step. OK, now what can we do better now? What can we do better? How can we get better next time? What can we what can we learn next? What can we perfect next? What's the next thing that we can that we can excel at you know what's the next thing we can just blow out of the water and so um it's interesting to to see that from another perspective well and i think as long as you're the same way with yourself that you are with your team 
you, you're good, right? Like, for instance, when I worked for Lithia, I was always nationally ranked uh, as far as desk performance, right? And and the funny thing is my output would be almost double what the next closest person would. So you had to desk like 35 deals to be on this nationally ranked report and whatnot. And the per copy had to be a certain area. And you notice a lot of the stores, the, the guys that beat me didn't have a competing dealer within like 500 miles. And they would desk the 35 deals and you would look in mine and I'd be close to 100, right? Or, or a little over 100. So I could sit there and pound my chest and say, yeah, I'm, I'm top, I'm top. But the funny thing is, as soon as I would look at that report, I would look at my buddy and go, man, I can think of five more deals I could have made last month. I could think of five more deals where if I would have just freed up, I would have done this, I would have done that, I could have made those. So even on myself, I'm the same way, right? But what that taught me was now I need to delegate and I need to teach others how to be as efficient as I am so that the store can raise together, right? I don't need to be the only ace here. I need to develop other aces. So kind of what we talked about earlier, when you've got a store full of leaders that are purpose-driven, imagine if you had a store where you had three desk guys and two finance managers, right? You got an internet department or a BDC, whatever the case is. What if everybody was trained to be at that level of a GSM? Not just one person, but what if everybody thought that way? Meaning we're in meetings together, we're going over, and I'm teaching you to think how I think. I'm going over the statement with you, right? I'm going over our, 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 our PL. I'm going over everything with you. I'm showing you the, the, you know, that's one thing I will give a shout out to Eric Barbosa. He's out with Cavender now and, and Colby and them. One of the things that I loved about Eric is Eric showed, shared everything with his team, right? You knew exactly where you were sitting at. He was developing more man, more leaders. He wanted to make sure that he left an imprint with his people, right? So when you have a staff, one of the biggest compliments that I can give a store is if you walk in and you see somebody on the CRM making phone calls and you find out that's a finance manager. Like, what? That guy's on or that person's on the desk doing what? Mm -hmm. That's not their job. Yeah, we don't talk about that, right? It doesn't we, that those words don't exist. That's not my job. You hear somebody say that, they got to go. That's not a good fit for the culture, right? We all know how to do each other's job. We all celebrate in the victories. Nobody takes credit for it. We did it as a team. Um, I can remember dealing with, not dealing, getting the opportunity to work with Archie when Archie was kind. Shout out to Archie out there at Ron Craft now, kicking some butt. One of the biggest things that I think me and Archie worked on was you take I and me out of your vocabulary. And we talk about we and us. Exactly. Wins happen because we made it happen. And we lost because we lost, right? It's not me. It's not I. It's not you. It's not them. It's us, exactly. right? And when you start talking with that vernacular, man, amazing things start to happen. You start to produce, you know, the purpose that we're talking about, everything starts to row. So if you want to develop that team full of leaders, share, right? Share. Get everybody on the same page as you. Don't hide anything. Let's make sure everybody knows what they're doing, where we're going, and how to do each other's job. And if somebody goes... Take credit for it. Love it. Know that you made an impact on that person's life, but also understand you got a bench full of all stars that can take that that position and run. Right. So I think that's 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 a, a big thing that dealers need to listen to and understand. Don't keep them dumb anymore. Right. From your leadership to your salespeople. This world is I mean, people want knowledge. They want to know that they're being invested in. They want to know. And that's from your sales pros to your BD agents, to your managers. Everybody wants purpose in the absence of purpose. Now it's position and money, right? That's what drives me. We always say it with customers. Absence of value, price is the, the motivating factor. We'll spin it. And the absence of purpose with your employees, now it's 
what kind of job title can you get, can you give me and how much money can you pay me? Mm-hmm. And if you're worried about those two things, somebody can come scoop them up from you in a heartbeat, right? Give them that purpose, develop them, make some more leaders. So I have a quick question before we wrap this up real quick. Roy, I saw a LinkedIn poll a couple of days ago and I don't remember who posted it, but I had the answer in my head until I started reading all of the comments that really made me second think what my answer was. In your mind, what comes first, the leader or the process? Leader, without a doubt, because I have seen great processes get blown up by leaders that can't enforce them. Yeah, The process can be great. It can be an amazing process. But if you don't have the right person steering the ship, it's useless, right? Like, and, and this is the perfect example of it, right? Uh, not me, anybody, anybody that you know that's good at what we do. If they worked on the retail side, right? And they had phenomenal results with a process and you plug them out, you move them to another store, or you put them on our side where we're, we're, we're partners with dealers now and that store starts to suffer or the numbers go down, that's all the proof you need. The process is there. It's in place. The staff's the same staff. Yep. The only thing that changed was the leader. And look what happens, right? So I think 100% leader over process because you can have an amazing process. But if that leader can't enforce and get people to buy in, you know, I, I, I keep shouting out my guy, Tony, but it's the truth, right? <laughs> Motivation or willingness. What's more important, right? Willingness. You have to have a leader that's there that can get people that are willing to engage in that process, or the process is useless. Exactly. So I'd say leader. Hands down. Because if 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 you don't have the we it's funny that Robin made the comment because I had the exact same thought like right as soon as she asked the question, we did literally just go through this. And you know, it it makes you wonder, you know, I was the one who created the process and didn't have the leader to implement, um, you know, not to Yeah. Air dirty laundry. <laughs> But um, I didn't have the right leader to implement. And, you know, it made me wonder, I'm like, gosh, dang it, it, this process should work. Like, I mean, I'm talking like word for word, broken out, like, like, keep it line by line (laughs) by line by line. Like, there ain't no way, like a toddler could probably figure it out. (laughs) Come on. Process for dummies. Yes. Like a literal (laughs) checklist. And I'm like, okay what's wrong here? Like, what's wrong here? Like, is it too much? Is it not enough? Do I need more words? What's going on here? And then come to find out it was wrong person, wrong seat. Yep. Put a different person in the seat and magically bada bing, bada boom. It takes off. Yep. Yeah. So, so Roy, um, where can people reach you at for more information? Where can they find you? So, uh, if you want to get a hold of me, the easiest way is through Facebook. I spend most of my time there. You know what I mean? I have a LinkedIn profile that you can reach out to as well. But my Facebook is the easiest way. Messenger, DM me. Um, I put my phone number out there pretty regularly as well. Um, I've got the podcast sales tower talk, which we got to get you guys on. So that we can we can we can finish and keep doing this conversation because I have a feeling we can go even longer. Uh, But um, no, find me on on Facebook, reach out to me. Um, I I will tell you right now, uh, I am pretty, pretty my time is occupied with a lot of the the dealers that I'm with currently. Um, I don't like to spread myself thin and take on too much work. Uh, but I do, uh, I, I will be having some openings here pretty soon to where I can do some consultations and some help from afar, you know, a couple in-store visits, but most of it's through zoom. 
Um, if you want to make a change with your leadership, and I don't even mean like change it by ma- moving people out of seats. If you just want to fine tune it and get the most out of your store, uh, it, it, I, it works, right? I've got a proven track record. Um, train the leaders. Who trains the trainer, right? Exactly. Spend some time developing your leaders. And I promise you, you'll save some money with sales training because what we implement with your leadership, they can then implement with their sales staff and it'll stick, right? You won't be throwing dollars out the door, trying to get some guru out there to help your people hard close. You don't need that, man. You need your leadership to be in tune. They need to know how to lead and they need to know how to develop other leaders. Put purpose in the store and it'll stick. You'll have better retention, all of the above. So exactly from the top down, the always top down. 100%. Yep. Amen. Amen. And then anybody out there that, that wants individual leadership, I do that as well, too. We'll get some coaching calls going and some mentorship classes. Uh, I try to make myself as available as possible. So that's awesome. I love that. Rory, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really enjoyed chatting with you and we cannot wait to continue this conversation at a later date. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me once again. Proud of you guys. You're kicking butt, taking names. Honored to be on the show. Thanks for having me on again. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, guys, as you guys know, we're going to wrap it up now. So in a world where you can be, or I did that wrong. (laughs) When you go out into the world. Oh, yeah. No. (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) In a world where you can be anything, be kind. And when you, when you go out into the world this week, what what is it? I just, oh my gosh. When you go out into the world this week, remember to light it up. That's what it is. Ah, There you go. I like it. (laughs) We got new shirts today that were ordered and they they just say um in a world or be kind what did it say in a world where you can be anything be kind yeah that's it so i think I it's it. off because it it's like half yeah, of the saying but not is. all of it and so you know um human we're just humans so we have, I love it have I love it things up sometimes <laughs> all right guys we've been the uh. chicks in charge and we look forward to chatting with everybody next week thank you so much roy bye thanks guys